0: What's going on guys? Welcome to the John Papaloni Show. Today we have Jamie Gilliland. Jamie, welcome to the show.
1: Thanks, John. I appreciate it. I'm excited to chat today.
0: I am excited as well. Let's start off the podcast with a uh, history of who you are, what you do, and how you got there.
1: (laughs) That could be short or long. (laughs) So I am Jamie Gilliland. I am a sales and marketing automation expert as well as a 10x business coach through Grant Cardone. Um, I help people build and grow and expand their business and do it in less time. I always say I take, move you from frustration to the freedom that you started your business for in the first place.
0: Fantastic, now, how did you get into that?
1: Well, it's kind of funny. We were chatting before the event um, years ago, I lived in a place called Hilton Head, South Carolina, which is a real estate resort area, Um, uh, an island that's about three miles long and a mile wide at its widest and has over 200 communities in it. So I was called in with a gentleman who was starting a real estate agency to build the technology and help with the operations we ended up turning it into a real estate franchise if you google my name you'll find jamie gilliland with market area real estate services we called it mars the agency we did a french and we were selected as one of the top 100 new franchise concepts in 2006. and the beginning of 2007 i was diagnosed With a massive brain tumor and told I had less than six months to live. Wow. Well, the business, granted, it was 2007 and the real estate market crash was coming anyway. But while I had literally written the book on how to run the franchise entities, we hadn't created the systems or processes for the corporate office. So when I had to take off for six weeks, six months, and take care of my health which i did survive added up the other a couple of weeks ago i did an event and i have outlived those six months 30 times now so
0: that's great news though
1: It's fun my my family is fa- happy <laughs> so but because of that this the company ended up failing when i came back the franchises had failed the business was failing all because we didn't have the right systems in place. So I became pretty fanatical about building systems into companies so that you can build your business around your life, not your life around your business. So too many people start a company, start their own solopreneur company business, whatever you want to call it and they didn't realize that when they were in the corporate world doing the thing they were genius at they had all the ancillary support somebody to do the marketing or sales or billing or take out the trash and when they're doing it for themselves they have to fill in with all of those things as well so they're not spending time being a genius at what they do they're spending a lot of busy work doing the crap that everybody else did for them So we try to build systems that take care of all of that busy work and let the entrepreneur focus on being the genius at what they are genius at again.
0: Well, that's good. I mean, how did you get involved in the 10X thing?
1: Uh, I've been following Grant. My husband's been a Grant fan for years and we've been following him and they called me up. They knew I was doing some coaching for another big name coach. They um said, Hey, we'd like to bring you on as part of our team. So that was pretty cool. I go down to my the beginning of September and I'll be with Grant and the team down there working on some different certifications and just picking his brain, which is kind of crazy. He he's funny in all his videos. He always says, I'm a little cray cray. <laughs> so he <laughs> he is crazy brilliant when it comes to business.
0: Love that. Love that. Like Now you got into coaching obviously after everything happened and stuff, but out of all things, why coaching? Like, What was the attraction to it? Like, What was the key ingredient?
1: Well, it comes down to what my clients need. So I did a lot and still do a lot of done for you, done for you agency so that A client comes in and we talk strategy and then my team goes off and builds the automations and digital marketing, Facebook ads, copy, content, all of that. But I had clients who said, I can't afford or I don't want to spend the done for you pricing. Can you teach me how to do it? So I started teaching them how to use the software, how to think through the strategy, how to build the fun how to think about who their ideal client is and what that journey, if you will, should look like for the client. So we have my site, which is our done for you agency. And we have keep it simple strategies, which is the coaching side.
0: Yeah. Short form kiss. I like that. That, that is uh or kisses. Yeah. You usually keep it simple, yeah. stupid or something like that. But same concept is there. Yeah. Exactly. I like that.
1: I took I took out the stupid and made it strategies.
0: Yeah. That which is actually clevering. And there you go. There, there's a showcase of the uh, creative side. There, there you, go. you go. Love that. Love that.
1: It helps that I'm married to one of the top copywriters in the world too.
0: Yeah. That would be an added bonus, right? <laughs>
1: That's
0: phenomenal. Good for you for doing all this, right? Like you found an opportunity and, uh, didn't let it go by. I mean, so many times in life that like opportunity passes us and we don't even know it. So,
1: yeah, most definitely. Too many times people let opportunity pass because they don't feel they can handle it. They're overwhelmed. They don't feel they deserve it. I've always looked at a friend of mine, goodness, since before my children were born, and the oldest is 26, um, has called me her risk taker friend for years. So, but not risk as in jumping off buildings, risk as in, hey, somebody said they'd like to see something like, let's see if we can put it together and build it. Let's make it happen.
0: Yeah, which brings up the question though. Like, I mean, a lot of times that uh, the nine to five corporate life is viewed as the safe route. Now I wanna challenge that. And I wanna challenge that because I don't believe it is. In my perspective, and maybe this is gonna be a little harsh, but I think that's really the, uh, I view it as in you're t- taking the easy road by doing the nine to five. You're taking the, uh, Not, I don't want to say coward because that's strong, but I think you understand what I'm saying. Like, I, I think it's oh, just yeah. like, you know what I mean? Because it's viewed as the safest route, but the reality is you're giving up on your dream to do the nine to five. You're giving up on your own goals. You're giving up on your own future. You're giving up on your own thoughts and you're basically placing your life direction on somebody else who's gonna tell you what to do.
1: Right, exactly. And whether or not that person can handle and keep you and giving up the revenue, the money that you could make to so many people, you're, you're right. And I think a lot of that is they hear from people around them who love them, who say, oh, don't work so hard. You don't need to do that. Here, just get a job. And they believe
0: them. And here's the problem, right? It goes back to that messaging, right? Like, look, it's like, go to school, get a good education so you can get a good job, so you can save your money, so you can retire. And reality is, like, now that system would have been true once upon a time. Now, I think that system is true way before my generation. Mm -hmm. Come my generation, that was now a false hope. Yeah. And it was in, it was invented for the industrial age where you know they needed factory workers.
1: Exactly. Well,
0: most of North America doesn't have factories anymore, so it's outdated. Out, you know, it's outdone. It's time, you know, in a way, it's like saying, "Hey, America, grow up, right?" So it's and the reason why I say all this is because again, when you're doing something for yourself, you're controlling your own destiny. You're controlling your opportunities. It's yours to make or yours to break. Don't get me wrong. I'm not looking down on all employees. There is a place for them because, hey, as entrepreneurs, we need help. And where would we get them if nobody wanted to do it, right? So I think there is a place for them. My beef with the nine to five is not so much as the job as much as that 90% are doing it because they've given up on themselves. And I would say there's a small percentage of people that truly love and enjoy it and power to those people, power to them. I, you know, everything I just said and my criticism on that, take that out of your vocabulary because I'm not talking to you because you love doing that. That's what your dream is. That's what you want to do. But we know that the majority of people aren't doing it because that's what they love and that's what they want. They're doing it because they give up on themselves.
1: Well, and they believe that's what's expected of them.
0: Yeah. People pleasers. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. yeah exactly. Says
1: all the time. There's no action. There's little action. There's average action and there's massive action. And he says the most dangerous of those is average because you're just floating along with everyone else. So turn around and take massive action and see what dreams come from that.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Love that. that that's it's so true though. And look, let's, let's be honest to go like. Everyone talks about six figure business. Well, I got a little backlash on this, but uh, you know, I, I did a video out there that said if you're making a hundred thousand dollars a year, you are broke.
1: Especially if you live in California, because by the time that you take the taxes out and then you can pay for it, you're on less than forty thousand a year.
0: Yeah, there you go. See, thirty years ago, hundred thousand, no problem. But look, just like housing, thirty years ago, housing in Ontario where I am,
1: yeah,
0: was about 150, dollars on average. Yeah. Right? So a hundred thousand a year in those times? Sure. But today the average home is one million one hundred and forty nine thousand dollars. Yeah. Making that hundred thousand is garbage.
1: Exactly. It's just creeping by. And when I see coaches that are teaching people how to make six figures. I look at it as, I want you making six figures a month, not a year.
0: Absolutely. And and that's the thing. When when somebody says, I can teach you to make six figures, that's the clear sign that you got to stay away. (laughs) Yeah. Right? Again, maybe it is for some people, if that's what makes you happy, but I can't honestly see people looking at their lives and saying, I struggle daily, I work hard, and no matter how hard I work, I make my six figures and I still can't pay my bills. Yes, I did it right. I've never seen that before.
1: (laughs) And I think it takes the same effort to make six figures as it does to make mid seven figures.
0: Yeah, yeah. Again, I'm not expecting people to turn that around in six months. But the point is, your goal can't be six figures.
1: No, dream big.
0: Exactly. What's
1: what's the old saying? Shoot for the stars, and at least you'll reach the moon?
0: Yeah, absolutely. Right.
1: If your goal is 10 million, and that goes back to grants 10x, if you're thinking 1 million, it's just as easy to make 10. And if you shoot for 10, and you only make it halfway to 5, you still quadru, quintupled, I guess is the word, quintupled that million that you were originally thinking about.
0: Yeah, exactly. Exactly. That's the way I look at it, right? If you settle for 100 grand, you never. No, most people do not reach their goals. So if you settle for something low, you more than right. likely won't even get there and you're still going to be below the level you should be at. So shoot for higher and it'll focus you, it'll get you focused. I'm doing the extra to make sure you get there.
1: I love that.
0: Yeah. I mean, like you're only going to go work as hard as your target. So why would you want the failure as your target?
1: Exactly. 10X everything you do.
0: Yeah, I agree with that. So with that being said, now what's the, when somebody wants to work with you, what is the process? Like, like somebody watches this video and says, okay, I want to do better. My, my, my thoughts and vision wasn't as high as it should be. And I want to do better. What's the process? How do once they, you know, you you get, get in connection with them, I mean, there's going to be people that just won't fit the profile and you won't be able to help because not everybody's coachable. And then there's going to be the ones that are coachable. What will be the process for the ones you determine are coachable?
1: Sure. So anybody can go to meetwithjamieg.com and book a half an hour session with me at no charge. And we'll discuss what their goals are, what they're thinking about, where they're at, figure out how they want to change their life, their business, or the world. Uh, and I have clients that are doing all three. Once we determine that and we figure out if there's a way we can work together, I have programs that are one-on-one coaching where we meet once a week or once every other week, depending upon budget, um, and go through what they're accountable for, what their goals were for the period of time and what they need to do to change and get them going in the right direction. Sometimes that includes training, software, videos, different pieces and parts, depending upon what their goals are and what we're working on. Others say, I just want you to do it. And then we do a twice a month call where we talk strategy and then my team goes off and builds whatever it is we need to build for that. And then the third option I have is a group coaching program, which is less expensive. You're still getting attention. You're just not getting the focused attention.
0: Got it, which brings up the thing. Okay, so you are you have a team, which I like that, right? Because I believe in collaboration over the do it yourself. Like yeah. the, the way my, my, my viewpoint is that, uh, 50 percent of a million is still more of a, than a hundred percent of a thousand
1: it's the only way to scale
0: a- and I agree with you
1: you just run out of time
0: well well that's the thing right and then there's too many directions to go and often a lot of times we end up neglecting things that shouldn't be neglected yeah. so it's so much easier to grow with the help I've never heard of anybody you know building a you know the, an empire by themselves.
1: Exactly. Well, and my team, if you're on the monthly retainer, is cheaper than hiring a full time staff member to do it. And you've got the expertise, not only my expertise, and I happen to be one of the top sales and marketing automation experts in the world. I used to not say that, and I've got the awards on the shelf that. That prove it now so but you get my expertise and you get the expertise of my team and my team is one that i may come up with a strategy and then they go hey jane what about this so you're getting multiple collaborations tied in all for less than that intern that you were going to try and hire to post you all over social media
0: makes sense now how big is your team if you don't mind me asking
1: i've got six six people that work on different pieces at the moment where we scale up as we need to um but my six people we handle approximately 20 one-on-one clients per month and build and grow whatever we need as we need to they're highly efficient
0: fantastic which uh brings up the other thing so okay you got six um every business you know i find like like look like like every business, whether it's a Walmart or whatever whatever it is, has a product that seems to get the most attention and a product that seems to get not enough attention. So I've kind of got a two-part question. One is, what is, like, what would your top seller be? And how do, what do you do with the uh, product that's not uh, holding its weight?
1: Hmm, that's a good question. I've never really put that to thought before. Um, our top seller is the done for you because it's the best results. So we do have a limited number that we can take per month. So we sometimes have a waiting list. So that's that one. The least seller, surprisingly, right now is my $147 a month group coaching, which is three times a month for, um, the group. And typically, depending upon what it is, I would advise somebody to kind of let that go or morph it in a different way. But it's a, it's a training ground, if you will, for the people who outgrow it. So they tend to start in the smaller group, they get so many ideas from the group and from the strategy that they're like, oh, I got I to gotta go bigger. So we figure out how to make it happen that they can afford it or that they can justify the, the bigger packages.
0: Got it. Got it. Now, contrary to your discovery where you said that uh, you were surprised, yeah. I'm going to tell you I'm not. No? And no. And here's my reason, because it's from an experience of my own, of my own. So, and, and what I mean by is that I might've been surprised when it happened to me, but essentially my experience ended up being the same as your experience. So it kind of tells me that it wasn't just me
1: There you go.
0: and here's what it is. And here's what I found. And this has been my, I tried to offer a group coaching thing because my timetable is just too damn busy for me to stop for one by one, by one, by one. Now I had a one by one, but I was not cheap. And then now today, because I started, I started a capital fund. I am way too busy that I don't even offer the coaching anymore. I'm not interested. And, um, and that's fine. I mean, cause we all make decisions in life, but I tried to offer that entry level and my entry level, believe it or not, was even cheaper. I was, uh, I was, um, a $49 a month package. Yeah. And um, I just tried to get it and all that. And I found everybody wanted the one-to-one coaching for the price of the group coaching. So it's almost like they tried, not swindle me, I don't want to use that word, but it's almost like the, it was like a bait and switch. And it's like, I'll sign up for the 47, but are we talking one-to-one? No, no, this is the group, <laughs> right? And and it was well, one, one of those minute.
1: things. Like, <laughs> you get one minute of my time for $47.
0: But that's the point, right? It was one of those things that it's a group thing, right? Exactly. Everyone gets, and I, and I said it, it's a package, right? I got 20 people per session. And what ends up happening is that an hour long, everyone gets their two minutes. Like I'll do my 30, first 30 minutes. I'm doing my lesson. Yeah. Last 30 minutes, we divide amongst everybody where they get a minute or two to be able to ask their question. And I'll answer it. And then the ones that get in, get in. If not, you have to hold it to the next session. Yeah. It's, you know, you get, and you get homework to do for the next section. And uh, it's one of those things that uh, it was a lot of, oh, I'll think about it and whatever. No, no, they wanted exclusive attention. And that's what I realized. A lot of time, more of the story is when I was talking to the $47 people, I uh, was basically spinning my tires. It was a waste of time. The ones that were serious tend to either want to pay for the full program yeah. or didn't want to do it at all, right? Or And they were just point blank. And what I mean by serious, because, you know, how can I be serious if you don't want to do it at all? I mean, they're straightforward, straight shooter, none of the beating around the bush. It's either they're on or they're off. And I found the ones that beat around the bush, were looking at the $47 one. And that's all it would be tire chasers. That was my experience. And it doesn't mean that it's always tire chasers for everybody. But like, so when you said that it was your uh, struggling product, it wasn't a surprise to me for that reason.
1: <laughs> there you go. Well, and you know, the advice I give my clients is sometimes you price it too low, and people look at, you get what you pay for. So maybe I need to raise the price of my group coaching.
0: Yeah, that's a possibility too, right? So, and you're right, if it's something's too low, it's what's wrong with it.
1: Exactly. Love that. And even we coaches have to be coached sometimes.
0: Yeah, that, that that's true too.
1: Do what I say, not what I do.
0: 100%, 100%. So with that being said, every business, like we all get into business for different reasons. And today, right now, the buzzword is entrepreneur. Everybody's an entrepreneur. Some of them have never done a damn thing in their life. They just. Decided that buzzword was entrepreneur, so they exactly. are going to try something. They haven't
1: collected dollar that. one yet. They've spent dollars, but they haven't collected them.
0: Right, and raising funds is another ba- you know buzzword, right? Ooh, we're going to raise capital to, in, to invest in a business, and it's like they're living off of raised money. So it's like really, the only difference between that and uh, a loan is that you have to pay the loan back, as far as I'm concerned. But where i'm going with this where the question is getting into business and starting changes the landscape once you're in it and every business owner and especially entrepreneur which you have been an entrepreneur i mean this is not your first rodeo show and it's obvious but getting into it sometimes we see things that were that are unexpected that we didn't expect and it's not an easy road what was your biggest hurdle when you got into this space
1: I think that's a great question also. The biggest hurdle I had, actually I'll tell you what it was. Um, when when I really started focusing on sales and marketing automation, I went in 2014, I had been doing the local thing, you know, driving to two hours to get to the customers. That was the, the farthest I would go. Um, and when I decided to go global, which was a big step for me in 2014. I went from making $60,000 in the year for 2014 revenue for me to bringing in 60,000 a month in November a year later. So in 12 months I literally 12x my company. Well, I knew, yeah, I knew and it was quite a rush. So I went from being an individual to having 20 people on my team at the time that were building and doing websites and building automation and doing all these things. Well, the problem, and I'd hired people before and had job descriptions, but when it was my own company and I was hiring web designers, I assumed a web designer knows how to design. I give them the design, they go and do it or an automation expert knows how to build. I give them the design and they go and do it. Well, the problem was they weren't doing it the way I told the customer it would be done. So I had not created the systems for my people. I had the systems for my customers, but I didn't have the systems to tell the the employees, the staff, how to build what I needed them to build. So I literally, imploded. I went from 60000 a month to literally stopping, firing more than half the staff, consolidating and rebuilding stuff that hadn't been built right so that I was delivering the right thing for the customers. So thinking I could just throw bodies, right? Somebody who has a certification or a degree that they could do exactly. The mistake was I thought they could read my mind.
0: Yeah, got it. Right? Yeah.
1: So I ended up going back and rebuilding everything and rebuilding the company all over again. Now I have systems in place. I have exactly what's expected what the customer is expecting. I have my my team watch the, the Zoom recordings so that they're hearing it directly from the clients if they're not in the calls. So putting those pieces in place so that the client is getting what they expect. I'm getting the team to create what we need when we're done and our efficiency has gone through the roof
0: yeah which is great see you found you found something and where the problem was you were able to turn it that and that's what i mean by the difference between what i call a business owner and an entrepreneur a business owner would have packed up their bags and called it a day and just said it failed
1: Run back to work for someone else nine to five because it was easier
0: right an entrepreneur realized there was a mistake chopped the block started over and said okay not what did they do wrong but what did i do wrong and how can i make that better right? An entrepreneur takes the responsibility. Yeah, now, exactly. granted, in that circumstance, it wasn't all you. And here's what I mean. And because I ran into this with some service providers as well. And I'll take a graphic designer. I'm going to pick on them on this one. As, um, you know, you go to them and turn around and say, okay, I need a logo designed for XYZ. Okay. I can understand you're asking. Okay, do they have logo preferences? Do they have certain preferences? I understand that question. But oh well, how? Did, what would you like it to look like? Well, you know, how, how, what should it? Uh, you know, should we use an emblem? Should we use what fonts? Should we use what uh, what shapes should we use? Well, wait a minute. You're the designer. If I were going to tell you, I hired that, you
1: for that reason.
0: Yeah, yeah. If I answered all those questions, then why don't I just do it myself? I don't need you, right? Exactly. So there's certain questions that are the right questions, like preferences. Now if I don't like the color blue and you give me blue, might've been good to know that, right? So, but there's a difference between preferences and telling you how to do your job. If I have to tell you how to do your job, you're in the wrong job.
1: And I'm micromanaging and I don't have time to do your job and
0: mine. 100% and I was guilty of that. My first uh, marketing business, I was a micromanager. I did eight figures plus a year, but dear God, I drove my employees nuts
1: and have no time to live your life
0: yeah and it was one of those things that i capped at that eight plus figure whatever it is because of micromanaging right and i did not know that at the time and i thought i was right, and because i grew up around other entrepreneurs and like if you're not looking at your business then you're gonna lose it you know you the minute you leave your employees are stealing and you know i mean and all of a sudden it's like oh my god i got an employee they're 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 dangerous you know like and it's like and it's like, man, you know what? And that comes to the point that sometimes don't just look at advice. Look, who's given it to you. Yeah. Right. Cause that made the difference. I listened to someone who allowed themselves to get burned. And obviously that person had a sort of reservation as a result.
1: A bias. Yeah.
0: And I took that and made it my bias. Yeah. There's lessons out there. So obviously that goes back to systems. As we said, it seems that no matter what experience we have, it always comes back down to the system.
1: Exactly. Well, and systems can be technology systems, which is what most people think of. It can be written systems. It can be video courses that we, you know, I love when Loom came out, because for years before that, training somebody took too long and i would do the you know i i can do it faster myself it'll take me three minutes to do it myself it'll take me two hours to teach you to do it. so i did it myself right loom came out i can do it myself record it hand it to them and never have to do it again
0: yeah rinse and repeat
1: exactly
0: where do you see yourself going like what what is your future plans i mean you know where you are now and obviously, if you want to scale, there's going to be a plan on what's next. So what is next for you?
1: Well, I've been speaking on stages around the world since before COVID. Um, it's getting back to, it's funny how it's taken a while. But we're now back to traveling full time. Speaking, I have events in September and October and November and different things. Um, one of the things... If I go back to the brain tumor story, come fast forward to 2021, I had two traumatic events. I had a dog bite that broke this bone in my hand and created a bacterial infection that landed in the hospital for a week on heavy antibiotics. And then Literally, so that was my left hand. Literally six months to the day later, I had bought a brand new beautiful sports car and was driving down the road and some person decided to make a left hand turn in front of me going, I was going 45 at the time. And... I swerved to miss them. I ended up not T-boning her, but I ended up on a curb because it was a sports car. It was a very low profile, four inch or whatever. Anyway, the airbags went off, shattered my right wrist in seven places. So I now have a beautiful metal T and 20 screws and nails and pins in my wrist. Anyway, from the two of those, and in both cases, I was limited on what I could do health-wise, but I ended up having my best year to that point. So because I had all the right systems in place, because I had the right in place. However, because of it, I now have this Parkinson's-like tremor. Got it. affects my body and also, as you can hear, affects my voice at times. However... I've still overcome things that most people look at and say, oh my gosh, how have you done that? So I've started a new personal development brand, which is focused on women, in their 50s and above, who have spent most of their life supporting everyone around them, family, husbands, kids, employers, whoever, and have decided it's time for me to enjoy what I want to do, regardless of whatever my health situation, money situation is. It's time for me to be on the front burner, whether it's hobbies, whatever. So part of we started a brand, and I apologize, there's a bad word here, but we call it the, if I may swear for a moment, absolutely. the brand is the Badass Bitch, and bitch is an acronym which stands for Babe in Total Control of Herself. So it's thebadassbitchgear.com, so we're, we have a bunch of t-shirts and things that help people feel Motivational, and I'll be doing speaking and growing that group, and really motivating and helping women to to achieve what they want to achieve, and not just feel like the emptiness that they have nothing left to do with their life. So I'm really excited about that.
0: I love that. I absolutely love that. You know, kudos to doing it. That is so exciting.
1: It's it's amazing to see women open up
0: yeah yeah that's true that is true i i I think it's a shame that they weren't before
1: i absolutely agree
0: now sometimes i realize that uh when it comes to women things i'm definitely not the right guy to ask (laughs) because uh hey there's certain things that people are going to experience that i won't just because of the gender that i am that i wouldn't have had those limitations so but yeah, no kudos to you for that. And, uh, you know, it sounds very exciting.
1: Well, that's the next step. So, speaking on stages, supporting the badass women and the entrepreneurs. So, many of them want to start something new. So, they're first time entrepreneurs. So, backfilling with the keep it simple strategies and the done for you stuff. Um, so that we're building, building systems for people all over the world.
0: Amazing. Now, one thing I was going to ask you about is that, uh, no, again, we went through the tough moments of business, but I also believe as part of an entrepreneur, we have that moment where we go through that struggle. We go through that fight, we get through it. And then we just have that moment that says, Hmm, this is where I'm supposed to be. It's like what I call that aha moment and aha doesn't mean you're done but it means that I know I'm now on the right path. This is where I'm supposed to be and I'm ready to charge full steam ahead. Did you know and sometimes we see it and sometimes we don't even see it. Um have you had that aha moment? To have what was that feeling like for you?
1: I've had that aha moment multiple times. Um every time we have a client, we have a client who we helped put together a webinar and they did 975 million on, I'm sorry, $975,000, a million dollars on a single webinar. And they came back and went, oh my God, we could have never done this without you. Um, You know, others where somebody finally breaks through the, I deserve, and you see a smile on their face, like, wow, I can do this and build the confidence. Then I know I'm in the right place. So we have them on a regular basis basis. My husband, as I said, is a copywriter and ghostwriter. Books that he's, and he's He writes for Michael Gerber, multiple big names, but he also does a lot of books for entrepreneurs and people who are just starting out. And when they get their book published and you see the the smile on their face and when they actually start making it's it's just, it's all the gratitude I need to be able to feel like I'm in the right place.
0: Phenomenal. That is absolutely phenomenal. And yeah, you're right. It's about celebrating the wins, even the small ones. Yeah. So amazing. Now, I'm going to get down to two more questions before I get into what I call the lightning round. So the next question is: How do you know you've had a successful day?
1: Huh? These are good questions, John. I haven't been asked any of these before. Thank you. You're making me think today. So <laughs> I, know, I know I'm doing the right job. <laughs> exactly. I know I've had a successful day when I reach five o'clock and. I'm able to walk out of my office. And by the way, setting healthy boundaries is something that I insist on with all of my clients. You can't you can't subside on 14 hour days, seven days a week. You just can't. You can't produce in the way you need to produce when you're doing that. So when I get to five o'clock or earlier and it's the end of the day, I've had successful calls with clients or prospects and I'm my all of my checks have been checked off on my task list and I can shut the door because I work from home, I can shut the door and walk away from the day and enjoy my family, then I know I've had a successful day. When something hasn't gone right and I can't walk away at 5 o'clock, I know I've failed in some way for that day.
0: That's a really good answer. Well, thank you. Yeah, wow. It even illustrated one of my weaknesses. I uh, don't have a turn off button. I'm always on, even at night. And sometimes, like, I have to do stuff that bores me to fall asleep. Prime example, watch TV. I don't turn on the TV all day long. I keep everything off. I never look at the instru- nothing in there. And, you know, I'm all about being productive. And it doesn't mean I don't do other stuff. It's just that, I, I, you know, in TV in general puts me to sleep so what i do is i wait to the end of the day and i look at the time and i say well i'm gonna be up at 5 a.m it is now 10 30. i should probably sleep turn on the tv within 20 minutes i'm out and um (laughs) but it's one of those things that my mind races i'm always on so when you said that whole can't go 14 hours a day seven days a week and i'm sitting there going i know that but my mind doesn't (laughs) and it's like now i go through i got other ways of taking time off like i uh prime example i may go too much during the week and stuff but uh i'll take lump sums up like prime example september i doubt i'll do much work in september at all it's uh i'm spending most of my time on planes now One of it is a mortgage conference because I'm having my mortgage license as well. And that mortgage conference, sure, there's going to be a day and a half of the summit, which is great because it's a learning opportunity. But then there's a group of us that are going to pretty much hang out after that. So that's kind of a relaxing whatever. Then I land back here. So that's from September 6th to 10th. I'm gone. Then I land back on the 10th in Toronto. Uh, you know, just enough time to come home, do laundry, repack up so I can go to Florida, which I'm going basically to the end of Florida, to the end of September. And, um, some of it is business, but uh, I scheduled a lot of, uh, relaxed time and, uh, enjoy myself time in there as well. So I kind of do two in one, but the point I'm getting at is that, um, the majority of the time, I don't have all the tools. Like I'm not bringing my camera. I'm not bringing the mic. I'm not bringing all the major stuff. So I can do minor stuff that needs to be done, but that's my limitation. And I'm choosing to do that on purpose. So it'll be like my morning routine. I'll get up, work the first hour, whatever I have to do, reply to email, send it out, get the team to work on things that uh, need to be done for the day. After that hour, fold the laptop off. I go and I'm enjoying the rest of the day.
1: Exactly. Well, and the, the smart piece about that. And so many entrepreneurs haven't learned the benefits of tax write-offs. If you're seeing a client, if you're flying to Miami and seeing a client, you get to write off the airplane ticket. And one night of the hotel, the fact that you're staying for an extra two weeks to enjoy yourself, that's just kind of icing on the cake.
0: Yeah. Last time I was in Miami was April and, uh, yeah, I went on a radio show. It's, uh, and talked about real estate. There's a write-off. There you go. Right. So it's, uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. I agree with you. And then I get back. And uh, I get to check off something on my bucket list.
1: Oh, cool. And what um, is that? my
0: bucket, I always, uh, my dream was always to not just fly somewhere, you know, and enjoy myself or whatever. I literally wanted to do what my dad would call and say, oh, the only the rich do that. Right. Cause he obviously had the limiting mindset then. And back in his generation, it made sense. That's what people had. I get to fly. I'm going to fly to Ottawa, have a, have lunch with someone, then get back on the plane and fly home.
1: And <laughs> that's fine.
0: That was on my bucket list. It's stupid, but it's one of those things that makes me happy.
1: There you go. Exactly. Enjoying the the bounty of the work that you've done for all this time to be able to do it to achieve something fun that you your dad would say was only the rich. So there you go. You've elevated yourself.
0: Yeah, exactly. So that makes me happy. The last question before we get to the lightning round, but not least for those who want to reach out to you or want to get in contact with you, where would they go?
1: Sure. As I mentioned earlier, if you'd like to meet with me, you can go to com and schedule a half an hour and we can talk about what's going on. Otherwise you can go to coachjamieg.com I have a section there on freebies, so all kinds of resources that you can download, um, and my contact information is on there. You can also find me as Coach Jamie G on Facebook, on Instagram, on LinkedIn, all of the standard stuff.
0: Fantastic. Thank you. Let's uh, get into the lightning round, which is just a fun few questions.
1: I was going to say, I'm getting scared.
0: (laughs) No, no, it's fun questions. A lot of fun, like more personal questions. Yeah. Like like the first question is going to be, what is your favorite food and why?
1: Ooh, my favorite food is probably up in the air because of the tremors that I have. The doctors have switched me from regular food to now plant-based, so I'm relearning to eat. But my favorite food is probably chocolate ice cream. Um,
0: That is good. (laughs) Yeah,
1: it is good. Matter of fact, I talked to my husband into going out for it last night. I kind of justified and said, I'm mostly (laughs) plant-based.
0: Yeah, exactly. You have to learn. You have to, you know, I, I, I get like certain things have to be done, but you got to have a little, uh, you know, living in there as well.
1: Exactly. A reward.
0: Exactly. All right. Favorite travel spot and why?
1: Ah, goodness. I have had the pleasure of traveling to Europe, multiple places, to Bali, to all over the United States. My favorites. Well, Maui was one of my favorites. Of course, it's unfortunately on fire at the moment, so hopefully they'll be able to recover. Um, But we love the mountains. So in the Rocky Mountains, we like Wyoming. Uh, My husband doesn't like Colorado. Um, New Mexico, there's just some really cool places, Arizona. There's some cool places right here in our own backyard that you can unplug. You can be off the grid and just enjoy nature.
0: That's amazing. All right. Favorite podcast or book?
1: Hmm. Favorite podcast would be mine. (laughs) Um... I enjoy, we do a different twist on our podcast, and it's called the Keep It Simple Strategies podcast. Um, I do a hot seat. So instead of bringing an expert on to talk about how wonderful they are, we bring clients or prospects or just regular entrepreneurs who are having a challenge and rapid fire between my husband and I, ideas that can help them move forward. So um, selfishly, mine is my own. And I do a lot more fictional reading than listening to podcasts. So that's how I unplug. Favorite book. You know, I go back to Michael's The E-Myth as a favorite business book. And mainly because I I talk about it, and he, he was the the grandfather of building systems. So when I first met Michael, and he actually became a client of ours, I was on cloud nine. Somebody said they were going to introduce me to him, and I'm like, the E Myth guy, like like Michael E Gerber, it was kind of fun was a bit starstruck until I met him. And then I'm like, he's just a regular guy and puts his pants on the same way as we do.
0: Yeah, for sure. Love that though. That is great, right? I mean, like it's sometimes those, it's just those moments, you know? Yeah. Awesome. Um, Last question, but not least, if you were given unlimited amount of money, but you had 48 hours to spend it, what you spend, you get to keep what you don't spend gets taken away. What would you do?
1: I would buy probably close to 10,000 acres in the mountains and a retreat with a house and homes for my in-laws and my family. So I'd take care of all of them. I would buy a plane. I want, like Grant has, one of the big Gulf streams. So something that I can travel around the world. I'd buy a couple of cars. I would buy a beach property. I would buy a European, I'd buy a lot of real estate and I'd buy a lot of investment property uh, so that I have. Matter of fact, we're looking at a lot of like passive income kind of properties right now, looking at dry cleaners and car washes and places that are just cash cows. Um, so we'd I'd buy a bunch of those and i would do something philanthropic so buy a whole bunch of food for the homeless or something i'd have to think about that actually it's funny because with the lottery being 1.5 billion here in the united states last week we were going through what would we buy (laughs) it's kind of fun to have that imagination
0: true that's true it's what makes it fun. It makes, uh, you know what I mean? It reminds us there's opportunities out there.
1: Exactly.
0: So awesome. I want to say thank you so much for being on the show. It's been incredible.
1: Thank you, John. It's been fun and challenging, and I love being challenged.
0: Well, thank you. I take that as a compliment.
1: Absolutely.
0: If you like what you saw and you want to see some more, subscribe to the link below. Thanks for tuning in to The John Papaloni Show.